Hey, welcome back to the Bearded Guy podcast. Now, I appreciate you stopping in to give us a listen. And we're going to continue our series of conspiracy theories. Now, this one gave me pause. This one really resonated with me and not in a good way. So on this episode, we're going to continue this series with this installment, Conspiracy, Bioweapons in the Government, here on the Bearded Guy podcast. So what happens when science catches up to science fiction? I mean, we live in a day and age of limitless possibilities, and things that were once considered impossible are now within our reach, or very close to being within our reach. You know, and in our evolution and understanding as humans, we have also gone beyond the line of what was thought possible by early man. And in reality, the only unknown to us is death itself. I mean, we can theorize about the end and what's next all we want to, But in all honesty, we won't be let in on that great secret until we take that journey for ourselves. Now, in the areas of science and technology alone, mankind has made great strides in breaking down the barriers that that once stood in the way of knowledge and understanding. And honestly, I think we are scientifically to the point that we have gotten into what I call the all-too-casual and very bad habit of blurring the boundaries between ours and God's place in this ever-expanding universe. And we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy all of the great tech stuff that we have and all the perks of the modern world that we live in. And with the advances in science and technology that have been created thus far, really it's enhanced and made our daily lives easier. Everything is more streamlined, more convenient. I want you to take a moment. Stop and look beside you for just a second. What was the first thing you saw? I mean, most likely it was your cell phone. Now, that one piece of technology has truly afforded us instant access to almost anything in this world. It's really your window to the world beyond the walls in which you live. Now, not only do we enjoy the benefits of the hardware and the software that make the world run with each new day, there have also been countless biological and genetic advancements that have allowed us to live longer and healthier lives. And these are lives that far surpass what our ancestors ever imagined possible. Now, to prove this out, all you have to do is go back just a little ways in time. I mean, back to the year 1900. The average life expectancy for men was 46, and for women, it was to the age of 48. And, you know, we also live in a time where the science and medical fields have moved the mark so far forward that we now have the knowledge and ability to clone living organisms. And there's really no telling how far we will advance or how far we'll go or what accomplishments we'll see next. Now, this idea of cloning, while on the surface it sounds great, I mean, really, think about it. Who wouldn't want a clone to take your place at work while you enjoy the benefits of couch surfing? And while it is possible, the thought of actually cloning a human is a source for major debate among scientists and lawmakers alike. And in reality, cloning is not to be taken lightly. Because there are moral, social, and theological discussions that we still need to have and still need to work through before I feel that we progress past this point in our evolution. Now, while cloning is just one process in the science and medical fields that is a great advancement, there is also another process called gene editing. Now, gene editing makes it possible to determine and select the attributes of your unborn child. 
And it's not just the attributes that we can select. You can also select the sex of your unborn child. I think there was a line in an article that read, no more disappointments. You get to choose what you're going to have. So to my earlier statement, we have definitely blurred the lines of not only ours, but God's place in the roles we play out day in and day out. And I really feel we take too much into our own hands trying to determine a desired outcome for every situation. And because of advances in the understanding in DNA and genetics and the human body, it opens up a new world of possibilities never before dreamed of. Now, with all of the good that's been done in the advances in the science and medical fields, there's also a darker side to this. There's also a a side that we can't see with the naked eye. And think about it. Once introduced, this dark side is not limited to or bound by the rules or constraints that we have to live by. The only goal of this darker side is to overtake and destroy the host that they inhabit. These tiny killing machines are what is known as bioweapons, and this lands us directly in the middle of our conspiracy theory this week. It has long been believed that bioweapons are being used by the government for purposes of controlling certain parts of the human race. And while researching this topic, I found there are some pretty dark and downright scary conspiracies that that are out there regarding our government and the business of developing and testing bioweapons that are said to be used on the human race on a regular basis. Now, if there is actual truth to be believed in this thought process, it's going to really depend on you, the recipient of the story, and just how far down the rabbit hole you're willing to go. But while researching this topic, I did find some very compelling evidence that would most definitely suggest there is a plausible value to some of the theories in this episode. I mean, look, it's no small thing that a lot of us have reservations about the government's intentions at any given time. We see corruption, greed, and and really a general, I don't care what the little people think attitude at all levels of the government spectrum. And it's because of this, it perpetuates the distrust we feel towards not only our government, but other governments around the world as well. Now, when you add this distrust to the reality that bioweapons actually exist, well, then you have very fertile ground for conspiracies like this one to multiply and grow beyond being reasonably contained. And, you know, there are countless conspiracies about this topic, whether it's about known suppressed cures for many of the world's diseases, including cancer, HIV, AIDS, chemical agents used to debilitate or significantly diminish the quality of life for people, I mean, the scary claims that really spook me are the ones that allude to the prospect that we are creating a host of viruses specifically designed and brought into existence for the purpose of wiping out large segments of the human race. So then it begs the question, is there merit to these conspiracies? Now, of course, some people are going to say no and some are going to say yes. You know, and I've had my reservations about some of these. But researching further, I think my mind's changing a little bit. Now, here are just a few of the examples of the claims being made by conspiracy theorists. Now, number one on the list is one that gets talked about a lot by everybody, that HIV and AIDS was actually created by the government in an effort to eradicate large numbers of the African-American and homosexual population. Now, I say if planned genocide of this magnitude was actually being carried out by our government entities, it's a very grievous stain on our history. Now, one of the most commonly held beliefs about this virus is that it spread from monkeys to humans, and that was the start of our downward spiral with this terrible blight. 
But on the other side, there are suggestions about the introduction of the virus to the general populace that follow with the tenets of conspiracy. A large number of people believe that under the presidency of Richard Nixon and in coordination with our military, and more specifically, our military's bio-warfare department, that they actively introduced the virus to homosexual and African-American men. And the conspiracy goes that the men were told they were taking part in the testing of a hepatitis drug. Now, this conspiracy of the government infecting the African-Americans with HIV and AIDS has long been held as true, and it is estimated that somewhere in the neighborhood of 27% of the African-American community believe that HIV and AIDS was created in a government lab for the sole purpose of killing off the black population. Also, it is estimated that over 50% believe that there is a cure for the disease that is being held not only from them, but from the poor as well. And no matter what you believe about this conspiracy, it's enough to give us some pause to question, what if the claims are actually true? Now, even with claims that this is true, there's, there's going to be the other side, the reported chatter that this is just a conspiracy uh, of the government introducing the AIDS virus to the human race. And it's completely fraudulent and it has no basis in the truth. You know, even if it has been debunked, having no validity, it still feeds the fire because those who believe it will claim this is an effort to cover up the truth and quiet the facts that to them are clearly evident. If you think about it, the distrust in our government and the belief in their involvement with bio-warfare against us is really not a hard bridge to cross because there's a lot of precedent for not trusting in the system that has been proclaimed to help and defend us. Now, of note, there is a documented account of this type of secret behavior. It started in 1932, and to me, it was a truly disgusting experiment. And it's one that provided a reason to be wary of the bill of goods being sold to us by Uncle Sam. It was the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. This experiment lasted for 40 years. And the experiment itself is not a conspiracy. It's an actual fact. It's in the history books. Now, the way this plays out is that a large group of African-American men were a part of a test to determine the effects of syphilis left untreated in the human body. And the aftermath of the test is the basis for conspiracies and the appropriately placed distrust towards our government. Now, the study started in 1932, and the experiment was only to last for about six months. However, this was not the case. The experiment went on for 40 years, and even after it was found that penicillin was effective in treating the disease, it was withheld from the participants to see what the long-term effects on the human body were. Now, the outcome of this immoral and horrendous test has had generation-spanning detrimental effects. And what's really disgusting about this is that the men participating in the study were not told that they had the disease. They were only told that they had bad blood. I mean, just the merits of that is, is unacceptable. It's disgusting. Why our government would subject men to this when there's a known treatment? And, and because of the introduction of treatment with penicillin, you know, the disease has now been controlled and the number of cases diminished significantly, so much so that people really don't know why this disease and the so-called experiment carries the weight that it does. And if you don't know, syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease that left untreated can wreak havoc on the human body. In its early stages, it's curable with treatment with penicillin, but in its latter stages, it becomes increasingly hard to cure. 
and untreated in those carrying the disease, it is known and documented to cause everything from nerve damage, brain damage, arthritis, and even blindness. So this was a truly disgusting act by our government perpetrated on African-American men. One of the other acts of deception was the Simeon SV40 virus. Now, the virus is said to cause cancerous tumors in the human body, and it is also stated or was discovered that between the years 1955 and 1963, both adults and children were given actual polio vaccinations that were purposely contaminated with the SV40 virus. Now, of course, these are just a few of the conspiracies and stories that are widely believed and, and some actually known throughout history. However, if you start looking back through history, our government has done some outrageous experiments on us. And it's sickening, really, that human life, or really certain ethnic and social segments of the population, has been devalued to the point that people were thought of as nothing more than lab rats. And the frightening part about our government testing bioweapons on us is that these experiments were not limited to adults. Children were also subject to these horrible experiments. And the short list of what's been tried on people, and this is only a sampling of what's been pushed onto us. Influenza, syphilis, whooping cough, the plague, smallpox, typhus, yellow fever, and actual live cancer cells being injected into people. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it reads like a who's who in the bioweapon line of nasty and downright scary diseases. I mean, it's shameful, really, that we're nothing more than lab rats. It's downright shameful. And it's disgusting. You know, and the, the, the government bodies we're supposed to trust have treated us and done outrageous experiments on us. It's really changed my thinking about a lot of things. It's really, this episode has really opened my eyes to some, to some really dark and scary places. And it's, it's shameful and it's sad that people have had to go through history being maimed and hurt and, and, and scarred for life. Because someone needed to know the effects of what diseases would have on the human body. Now, the last one that I've got is really the weirdest one in the lineup. And it's a test with fleas. That's right, thousands of fleas. Now, it was named Operation Big Itch. And the test was performed by loading thousands of desert rat fleas into what were, in essence, empty mortar shells or empty rounds. And they were released from an airplane. Now, before the mortars actually made impact with the ground, they were designed to open and unload its payload in midair and allow the fleas to descend on the designated test area. Now, the numbers that were used, it's recorded that there were up to 100,000 fleas being used in the test. I just, I, I shake my head. <laughs> I don't know. So in the end, it's evident that our government has and most likely still dabbles in the business of biowarfare and biotesting on the human race. And it's really scary. And I really hope the black helicopters don't fly over my house tonight. <laughs> but really, it's sad. It's truly sad. And it, it's a disgusting stain on us as a, as a race. And it's a disgusting stain on us, you know, uh, through our history. And it's one we've got to live with. It's one that we will carry with us from now to the end of time. So there you have it, bioweapons and the government, the conspiracy. 
there's a lot there. There's so many conspiracies about this this topic and this subject that they can't be contained in one, two, ten, or twenty episodes. There are a lot of conspiracies about this, and there's really a lot of factual historical proof to back up some of these conspiracies. And of course, there's some of them that you know can't be proven. Uh, but again, I mean, if we look at what our government has done to us over the course of time. It's easy to believe in conspiracies of this nature. It's easy to get into, you know, the weeds of this could possibly be true. You know, now we have the coronavirus that's that's wreaking havoc on China, and it's actually making its way out of China. And there's even a conspiracy that says that this was created by the government and released on their people. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But again, these are the things that go to make up a great conspiracy that just gets spread from from one end of the earth to the other so thank you for coming in to give this podcast a listen i do appreciate you checking out the episodes and i hope you join us for future episodes we're going to continue in the vein of conspiracy theories and i'll put the link in my in my show notes here check us out on youtube as well i do a video podcast of the episodes we post here and we also do live streams on saturdays to just talk about whatever's out there. So I hope you join me for one of those in the future. Thank you so much for being my listeners and subscribers. I do appreciate it more than you know. And as always, I hope you have a great day, a better day tomorrow, and a wonderful week ahead of you. And until next time.